Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. I have my buddy Keith today from Minnesota. How are you? We're doing well. How are you? Good. I appreciate you taking time to come on the podcast before you start your work day. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm no, looking no better to way it. to start the day, right? Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> anyway, but before we get into our topic, I always like to ask, how did you become a Bon Jovi fan? Well, it actually started right at the beginning in 83. Um, so like in 80. Three, you know, I think MTV was just a couple of years old. I think hair metal was starting to kind of get uh, come alive with Def Leppard, Motley Crue. Um, and the uh, first time I heard Runaway, I actually didn't know it was Bon Jovi. I thought it was Eldo Nova. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was, Boy, I did never, yeah. And because, and I was on a way, on my way to a buddy's <laughs> house and I heard it and I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool song. I said, I think this is a new Eldo Nova song. And, Later on, we found out it was Bon Jovi, and you know, back then we didn't really have uh, we didn't have the internet or anything. We had Hip Parader magazine, I think, was one of them. So, uh, just started kind of reading about him, and I have to be honest, I just he looked cool. He had the he had the cool rock star look and all that, and I liked his voice. His voice was pretty unique, and so then, uh, yeah, in '84 when the album came out, I got it, and my first concert was. In 84, I think they warmed up for Scorpion. And, um, yeah, been a fan ever since. Wow. So what's your favorite song? Well, we've gone back and forth on this. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, Blood on Blood and I believe are probably my two favorite Bon Jovi songs. You know what's fine? Just from our interaction online and stuff, every time that I think about I Believe or listen to I Believe, I think of you. I don't know if that's weird to say or not, but it's true because I just know how much you love that song. And so every time I uh, listen to it, I always think, Keith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm jealous of of you, though? It's like you got to see them right from the beginning, mm -hmm. right from 83. And, and see, you know, I've been a fan since 2000. No, I was just this tall. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've been a fan since 2000 and I've seen 24 years of growth. But someone like you, who's who's seen the band since day one, since they were babies, and just trying to make it big, hit it big, and then remain as a band all these years, that, that must be an incredible feeling to say, hey, I've been a fan all these years. Yeah, it is. It's you know? kind of fun, especially when I meet uh, new Bon Jovi fans like you and a couple other people we talked about before, and just how, how your love for the band and when you started, but it's... It is kind of fun to kind of see at the early 80s, the hair, the way they dressed and all that. But it was cool back then. Yeah. And to see them warm up for some of these bands, because back in the 80s, I mean, you wanted to go and see the warm up band. I mean, and that's how you got to meet like these bands like Bon Jovi and that. Uh, and so as as they kind of went through, I mean, the 80s for me, the first four albums are based on the soundtrack of my youth. And so I always go back to those four albums um, and I probably New Jersey out of all of them as my favorite one. Cause I think that that one there really showed to me just how much they grew in the four years and that, yeah. and then uh, I know that you talk a lot about the nineties being kind of their prime and, you know, when, uh, when the nineties hit, you know, grunge came on and, <laughs> you know, I was like, what happened to my youth? I mean, now I got to grow up and going back and listening to some of those albums it's like yeah it's just fun to kind of see how they progressed and as songwriters and musicians and then just how much their show has changed you know oh, absolutely 
You said it all perfectly. You know, I, I think, you know, each era of Bon Jovi is special in its own way. You know, you got 83 to 86 where they were just trying to make it. 86 is when they blew up a slippery. And then New Jersey was such, and I, I say this a lot, New Jersey was such a special time for them because that was the out. You know, a lot of people say Slipper and Wet was make it or break it. And it was. Mm -hmm. So was New Jersey because New Jersey, they had to prove they weren't just a one hit wonder uh, that you know the band wanted to prove that they could still do it and yep. still be the biggest band in the world, and they did. I mean, look at sold out stadiums and you know what was it five number ones on New Jersey or something like that. Yep. You know, and so just they were just they were. It's it's not an opinion; it's a fact. They were the biggest band in the eighties. Oh, and, absolutely. You know the way the way that they came back in the nineties, and you know, like you said, the grunge era. You know, early nineties was grunge. Late nineties was was bubblegum pop if you will um yep. and so radio wasn't, wasn't really focused on the 80s hair bands or you know the band you know, like bands like bon jovi you know, like these days barely got any kind of radio play but it was massive mm -hmm. overseas and that's what kept the band alive and then obviously you know 2000 saw crush and it's my life and that just kind of rebirthed birthed the band and yeah you know, but it's just amazing that you look at a band of 40 years and their legacy speaks for itself, you know? Mm -hmm. yep. You wonder if the artists today will have that kind of future, you know? It, it's interesting you bring that up because, uh, you know, my brother and I and a couple other buddies, we, you know, we talk music all the time. We're, we're sitting there going, I don't know if there's a band right now that's come out in the last 20 years that would be around 20 years from now, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. When you, brought, when you bring up these days, I was at that tour, uh, the show here, and that was the only Bon Jovi show I've ever been to that was never sold out. The arena was half full because like you mentioned, it didn't get a lot of radio play. And I think a lot of people were thinking, ah, Bon Jovi, they're, you know, they're the hair metal, they're blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but so when Crush came out and killed it, I was, I was so excited. Uh, a new, you know, a new chapter, new era in Bon Jovi. So yeah, yeah I'm just, they're in my number one band. I mean, I probably listen to them every day. <laughs> Me too. I was listening to them before we <laughs> I rep them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I love all the, I love all the uh, stuff that you have. It's I'm jealous. I'm jealous in that sense. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just one of those crazy uh, collectors that I uh, yeah probably collects way too much. At least my wife says that. But yeah, <laughs> we all like to collect something, right? Absolutely. Um, let's get into our fun topic. So. I've yep. never done an episode like this before, and I'm actually going to start doing more of these. So you're the first person. We're okay. gonna, I'm going to do more episodes where I just talk about a song. So today, we're going to talk about Blood on Blood, which mm -hmm. is the fifth track of New Jersey. Also one of Keith's favorites. Mm -hmm. um, before we get into it, I, I always thought, you know, we'll get into the meaning, you know, it's all about brotherhood and stuff like that. I always thought this would have been a cool documentary title. You know, yeah, I'm surprised it, it never was for access to all areas, which I, I get because access to all areas makes sense for what that was. Yeah. Or when we were beautiful or even, you know, thank you. Good night. That's coming in April here. I always thought blood on blood would have been like a cool documentary title. You know, I don't know. That's something that oh, they right. played with or whatever. But anyway, uh, so the song was never a single, but. Bon Jovi was so huge, and this didn't happen for a lot of bands. Bon Jovi was so huge then um, that Blood and Blood actually got a live music video 
not something like you can love a bad name or our prayer where they're on stage but the this audio this the uh, studio track is playing it's an actual live music video which is kind of cool yeah um and what i really like about that beginning of the video is that it symbolize or um i'm sorry uh actually no, i was right uh symbolize the band as a brotherhood and what they were about you know you just seeing an authentic band on stage playing together having the time of their lives you know just five young guys having fun with their fans having fun as a band and and uh i, I thought the video was brilliant one last thing i'll say before I, I let you talk here i'm talking your ear off <laughs> no worries <laughs> i love um, your knowledge <laughs> i like that intro because it's not on the studio track but on the music video you know it has that you know that that keyboard riff um and john said there's one thing that you you can believe and that's dreams so tonight mm -hmm. dedication blood on blood then the the song starts yeah what did you think of the music video i actually liked the music video a lot and it captured what it was like to be at the jersey tour uh, i mean the, the energy there so yeah when uh when i see that video and then it kicks in and even the studio version of it, when it kicks in with the guitar, I love the guitar and then Tico's drumming. Yeah. But the, the live version, what I really like about the live version is after he talks about, um, you know, Danny being a medicine man and that, and it slows down and then Richie and him come together at the, at the center mic. Yeah. Uh, to me, that is just the, the adrenaline that goes through me, even today when I see that video, but I kind of remember it back in the day. You know, everything was kind of real dramatic in those concerts back then. And then it just, uh, yeah, I don't know, just that. And then those two singing together. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I get chills every time I, I see that video. It's, it's just, it's pretty awesome. You know, and, and, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I love that they were able to sing in the last couple of tours. And I mean, I always look forward to seeing that song. Yeah. You know, so you know, what's so unique, too, about this music video is that, you know, people nowadays will be like, well, what was the point of having a, a lot of people don't value the live music videos like Bad Name or Living on Prayer or um, Blood on Blood, whatever. But keep in mind, you know, nowadays you have YouTube, so you can look up any concert video that you want. But back in the right. 80s, you didn't have that opportunity unless you got a bootleg. You know, right. the only way that you could ever see what a band was like on stage was either through like a music video, which a lot of bands did at that time because they were so busy torn. They didn't have time to do a music video. Of, right. Of just, you know, yep. It was just them on stage. And so that was the beauty of music videos back then. I know you probably say this for yourself. I, I can only just guess here. But the only way you could catch a glimpse of the band on stage was to either see them live or through a music video and, and kind of capture the essence of what they were like on stage. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the bands that became popular in the eighties were maybe because maybe their songs didn't sound great on the album, but then you saw it live and there was that, that different energy. And there was a lot of bands I became fans with just seeing them live or seeing the live videos. Like, wow, this is pretty cool. They're pretty, yeah. they're fun on stage, you know? Yeah. That's happened to me with bands, even some Bon Jovi songs, you know, like perfect examples, Knockout. When this mm -hmm. house came out, I, I couldn't get into Knockout. I was like, it's not bad, but like, I just can't get into it. And then I saw it live and I'm like, fuck, this is a good song. <laughs> like, and I listen to it all the time. It's probably, there's so many gems on this, but it's in top tier of my favorites on uh, this house. Yep.
Um, but another thing I want to say about this music video before we move on is, in a way, I kind of wish, you know, you know how like they did for Never Say Goodbye, they you posted, and maybe this is why they didn't do it, but I Never Say Goodbye, they, they posted pictures of the band as, as kids and stuff. You know, that, that nostalgia feeling. It would have been kind of cool if they did that for Blood on Blood, but like more brotherhood. Uh, uh, photos, Yeah. you know, like them getting together and through the years and stuff. And, and I know we're only looking at 1988, 1989 here. So you're only looking at what, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, five, six years worth of stuff. Mm But -hmm. still, you know, but I, I still won't complain because I think it was a great video. Uh, yeah. let's get into the meaning of the song. So I think this one's pretty explanatory. You know, it's about brother. Mm hmm Um, looking back, um, a bond that is so strong and they can't be broken. And on another shift, it's also talking about um, being there for somebody. Um, Yeah. you know, you can just like you know the story with Danny, Bobby, and and the John or whoever. You kind of grow apart, but you're always connected in a way and always there for each other. You're like like the lyric, you know, in the dead of the night, I'll be by your side. Um, Mm -hmm. So you know, different ways and stuff, and so that was it's a very nostalgic song, reflective, I think, in a way. Mm hmm Uh, what's your what's your thoughts? Well, yeah, that was one of the things that drew me to the song when I heard it the first time off, off the album was, you know, you'd, you'd have the lyrics inside the album cover and stuff like that, or the CD cover at that time. It was the the lyrics, and it was like, there was a group of us, my brother and I, maybe four to six guys that hung out all the time together, going to concerts enough. And I think the lyrics of that song kind of really hit me because I had a buddy that was just coming out of the army, and we we're all kind of in our early 20s at the time, and things are changing. People are moving on careers and stuff like that. So it was one of those ones where it was like, uh, uh, you listen to the song and I'm trying to hang on to my youth, but knowing, Hey, you know, I'm getting older and people are going to change. And, and that song reminds me of a two or three of my buddies that I'm really, that are, I'm close with that. I don't see that often, but boy, if they gave me a call, I'd be there. Yeah. I, it, to me, it was just, it spoke to a loyalty. It's just that, that like, no matter what, whatever happens in our life, if we don't see each other for 10 years, I'm always going to be there for you. And, Yep. and I just like the song. It just, it just means loyalty to me in, in brotherhood, as, as you mentioned. Loyalty, that's another good word. I sh yeah, that's another good example of what the song is about. Um, you have a favorite lyric? Yeah. The, my favorite lyric is, is, uh, you know, when he's talking about Danny being a medicine man and, you know, at the end of the, uh, you know, through the years, I'll be there for you. It's it, Every time that I hear those lyrics, I just, I get, and uh, a, little, a little adrenaline rush, you know, Yeah. and uh, yeah, it's, I think that's my favorite, favorite lyric of the whole song. I got two. Mine is, if I got that call in the dead of the night, I'd be right by your side. And that kind of goes back to the whole loyalty thing and always being there for somebody. Mm hmm Uh, you know, and I, you know, there's really no, it's one of the biggest compliments that you can give somebody saying, no, anytime, give me a call and I'll be there for you, you know? Yep. Uh, and then the other, you know, to kind of shift to the more fun side I also like the lyrics, you know, Danny knew this white trash girl we each threw in a tent. She took us to a cheap motel and turned us into men. Yeah. Obviously, we know what they're talking about there. Yep. And I wonder uh, if there's some truth to that, you know? Yeah, I you know, I was I was thinking the same thing, Yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember...
the top of my head, I know obviously John wrote, I'm trying to think of Richie or any other co-writers wrote that. Let me, uh, was, was David Bryan in on that one? No, not on blood on blood. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I'm just drawing blank. I'm still waking up here. <laughs> um, blood on blood, blood on blood, blood on blood. I should just pull the CD next to me here. What am I doing? I'm losing my touch, Keith. I'm losing my touch. That's all right. Yeah, I was right. It was written by John Richardson Bohr. And the question was, who was who was the other co-writer? It was Desmond Child. Oh, that, sure. That also wrote that. So I just think that, you know, with how in-depth that song is and about loyalty and all that, I also love the fun side to it. You know, like all the looking back at all the fun times you had, and you know, like going to this cheap motel and being turned mm -hmm. into. I wonder what they were doing there. Yeah, I, I, maybe maybe that's when they had their first beer, right? Yeah, their first beer, their first cigarette. That's what they did. Yeah. $10 for a cigarette. Yeah. So let's get into the, the fun side. Or not that we weren't on the fun side, but let's get into the music part of the song. And, uh, man, it is just – it's brilliantly composed musically. Um, I guess we'll start off with that that intro that da -da 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 -da, you know, I, I can't even do it. But you, anyone that's watching this knows what I'm talking about. That guitar intro. Yes. And we'll get into the live aspect here in just a second. But like that, seeing that part live is just phenomenal, especially as a show opener. You know, like many mm -hmm. times, like look at like Circle Tour, for example. You know, when you have that big build up, you know, of the band walking in the circle, that boom, 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 boom. You know. Yep. And then. Um, then the, the curtain fades and then Richie starts playing those blood on blood notes, you know? And I think that was so cool because you see the band, you know, a band of brothers, all the, you're back, that was what, 2010, 2011, you know, on, on a giant screen for them just standing there and then blood on blood comes on, you know, and mm -hmm. brotherhood, brotherhood on the screen, brotherhood audio wise. Um, and, uh, but then, you know, then you get that, uh, that guitars. And I know you don't, you don't play any musical instruments, but the way that Richie does those slides, uh, not only on the intro, but also when the verses build up a little bit into yeah. the pre-chorus. Um, and then, you know, obviously you have the drums that boom, 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 boom you know, that was cool. And it, it, this song has a lot of build-ups, whether it's in the intro, whether it's in the verses or verses going into the chorus. Um, you know, from the bridge to the final chorus. You know, there's so many build-ups in here, and I, and I love it, and it always pumps me up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. That, that guitar, you hear that, and it's just, you know, it, it starts off, well, I shouldn't say low, but it, it starts off, and it just builds and builds, and you just feel the adrenaline, at least for yeah. me. And then when uh, when the drums come in with Tico's drumming, and it just explodes that song and there's just so much energy within that song you know up until that that part where he slows it down a little bit i always kind of think like all right um, this song builds you up you're in your youth you're wild and crazy and all yeah. of a sudden it slows down and, and you're looking back in your life and go oh man this was a fun time and now i'm reflecting but then he brings it back up to to the end and so when the song is done i mean you're more energetic and uh mm -hmm. And, and Tico, I don't know how the guy is now wiped out during that song. <laughs> oh, I know. There's, yeah. You, and you also bring up reflective. And this is my next thing. Um, if you listen, it, uh, something that's really notable about, the, about this song, too, is David's keys. Yeah. You, you have Richie and Tico and Alec who are kind of bringing that real rock sound to the song. But then it's David who brings 
the emotion into the song, you know, with that nostalgia, you know, if you listen to the keys, they're very nostalgic sound and, you know, reflective. Mm -hmm. sound. I know that sounds probably crazy. I don't know if I make any sense here. No, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you that feeling of what the song is about. We've been reflective and, and, and stuff like that, you know, joyous in a way too. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of unique. Um, and there's a way that that kind of blends together. Um, guitar solo obviously we have to mention that was pretty i love the uh you know the string bends and i don't know if he it sounds like there's times where he plays a whammy i have to watch some live videos to remember that but it sounds like there's a whammy bar i so, think at the beginning of the solo yeah uh, in, the, in the live version i, I see it, i think he hits it a couple of times yeah. at the beginning of that solo and then after that it's it's his magic of his fingers yeah and <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting over being sick. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm always getting sick these days. Um, but the chords, um, I think, are D, G, B minor, and A. And I think that's how the verses and the chorus goes. But that, that's just what... I'm going to have to take your word on that one because I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Keith is like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> So I, I think a really notable mention we have to talk about is the verse, the bridge after the solo, whatever you want to call it. You know, when it, the song kind of settles down for a second mm -hmm. and you know, John talks about, you know, Danny and Bobby and, you know, who, who they've become. And, you know, the best one of the best parts about the song is in me, I'm still a singer in a long haired rock and roll band. And, and really John would do it live. You know, and the John, it, it, you know, it's kind of like, do we got it anymore and a whole lot of leaving? You know, John mm -hmm. takes a pause and just listens to the crowd scream, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, so I thought that was like a really awesome part in the song. Um, and, and you can see, you know, through the years when the band has played that, especially, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, when John, you know, I'm still a singer in a long haired rock and roll band, that means a lot. Like we kind of talked about in the beginning of this podcast episode. To be a band of 40 years and still be relevant and big and everything, mm -hmm. that, that's a huge deal. So you can tell in John's face sometimes when he does it live that he's so happy he's still a singer in a rock and roll band. You know? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and then so that then it builds back up, you know, through you know, the drums, you know, through the years, through the miles between us. You know, I just I love that build up again. And then it's yep. back down. And then it goes right back up, right into the core. You know, I just, it's music yep. that goes brilliantly, you know? The other thing that um, I really like is, and, and you notice it more in the live version, is Richie's background vocals. He really adds a lot to that. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk, oh, yeah. We're, we're going to talk about that. Well, I guess we'll do that in a second, I guess. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing I want to talk about with is the ending. Um you know, when John is holding the notes and screaming, you know, blood on blood, you know, he's holding that note in uh, blood. And mm -hmm. uh, and then it goes into that final build up into the outro. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I just, it's just brilliant, man. It's just it's oh, just absolutely. Brilliant. His voice sounds great in that even in live. And and mm -hmm. that it, it, it's it's one of those songs that just every time I hear it. I, I get excited. I uh, my adrenaline pumps, and, and and then the lyrics just carry me through too. It's just, it's just, it's a great song. It absolutely is, and one that I probably listen to at least three, four times a week. A week? Yeah. <laughs> Man, 
you're, you're the song's biggest fan. <laughs> I think it means a lot more to me now that I'm older and, yeah. and, and uh, you know, I've got some friends that I don't see that often. And then, you know, when we do connect, it's, it's, it's really close and I've lost some friends too. So I think it's a song that kind of really, you know, at this point in my life kind of means a lot more to me. Yeah. I, I'm just joking with you because I'm, I'm hyping this song up quite a bit because I do love the song. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Mm -hmm. I'm hyping it up. I know. I actually don't listen to the song too often. Once oh, okay. Once in a while, I listen to it, but I don't listen to it too often. But like mm -hmm. you said, I think as I've gotten older, I've learned to connect to it more. You know, losing friends, friend, or you know, just looking back at your friendships too. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do listen to it a lot more than I did. So mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about it live. So obviously, we talked about you know it being a show opener. Another great one was when John would do it in the middle of um, the show. And Madison Square Garden 2008 is a perfect example when mm -hmm. uh, he was on the B stage out in the middle of the crowd, which he's also done the song at the beginning of a show on the B stage with Blood on Blood, uh, but not mm -hmm. the same way that we're going to talk about because um, that was just the original way. But here in the middle of a show, um, like after in Madison Square Garden, they did Memory and then he, he starts doing it all by himself. He's just playing the guitar, um, doing a little bit of drum with his with his foot and um and then starts singing the verse and chorus to blood on blood and then that's when the band comes in john takes his guitar off and he gets down in the crowd and he's smacking hands and saying hi to everybody as he's walking back to the main stage and that's an, i think that's another great thing about this song too is that it's connective to the band and the fans you know not only mm -hmm. is john talking about the band and um you know, his friendships and stuff, but he's also talking about the fans, I think, you know, because we've been mm -hmm. thick and thin with the band. And so I think that there's a, a shift focus to the fans too in this song. And John going through the audience and saying hi to everybody while he's making his way back to the stage. And I think that really symbolizes that. Yeah, I agree. And I think he's always in, in the last few years, and I don't think it was his last tour, but some of the ones where he's he's on the platform within the, the fans, I think he still wants to have that connection. I mean, now you go to the shows and there's what, 20, 30 feet between you, the front row and the stage now, and you don't have that same connection. So I, I think the connection with the fans has always been important. And I agree that song, I think, probably represents that now a little bit later on in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, another mention too, um, from the New Jersey tour, Alec John Such. This is one of his favorite songs that he's ever done. Oh. And so, Alec would sing sometimes the bridge to uh, Blood on Blood at some shows. And so, there's videos oh. on YouTube. I don't know if you ever, I'm surprised you never, I'm gonna have to look that up. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I just want to kind of mention that because you know, Alec John Such and, and stuff yep. like that. Um, so one last thing I wanted to talk about too was, you know, you looked, you know, like, yes, I was kind of watching so many different videos live of the song. And one of my favorite performances of this song is Moscow 1989. Yes. When they, when they did it. Um, you know, it, it, it turns from like what a five, six minute song to 12 minute song because of the way that they do the bridges and the, you know, stuff like that. Um, I, I love John's, you know, John's build up from the bridge to the chorus. 
Um, and then he takes it back down and then Richie comes in and this is what you were talking about earlier. You know, Richie's vocals on this are really good, especially when he gets a moment to, to sing. Um, and I, I top my head, the allergy medicine right now is making me a little foggy, but, uh, he, he has really powerful vocals. He's singing blood yes. on blood and other, other things. And then other times too, like I said, Alec would step in, not all the, and I, I don't think Alec was on this performance. Um, as no. far as live, um, and then um, John Ritchie, and you know when that build, that final build up until the final chorus was coming, you know it was like a fifteen second build up, and you have John Ritchie and Alec all with their guitars, just and playing all standing side by side together, and then going into that final chorus, mm -hmm. um, you know, and and then you kind of said this earlier um, when John and Ritchie joined each other at the microphone. You know, that always gives me goosebumps. And like yeah. that part in this uh, live video proves that, you know, it just gives you that brotherhood vibe and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's interesting you bring up the Moscow one because it was, uh, I think over the weekend, I, I pulled that one up and I forgot about just how long that song was there. And then just how powerful it was. And I forgot that Richie did sing a little part of that. And it was a great performance. Absolutely yeah. great performance. It's almost like I like the song live better than the studio version because of those moments where um, yeah, they bring it down and, and it, after they talk about you know being there, they're coming together at the microphone and singing together. I mean, just the visual of it too gives it that electric punch. <laughs> yeah, I always you know we kind of talked about this a little bit ago. Live is always better, you know. Yeah. For for most bands, now there's I've seen some bands that sound better on the studio album than they do live, but <laughs> you know, it, any band can get together. No, I shouldn't say any band, but most bands can get together and fix this and fix that and do this in the studio and make it sound good. Like a lot of today's artists, but a lot of today's artists can't go live and sound that good. You know, right. I won't mention any names here because I'll get crucified, but there's a lot of singers today that sound great in the studio. But you put them on a stage to sing live, they sound terrible. They can't hit yeah, those absolutely. notes. I shouldn't say terrible because that's mean. But they don't sound like they do in the in the studio album, you know. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me that they sang this song, they recorded this song six months ago in the studio, and they can't sing it now, you know. So, yeah. so what I'm trying to get at though was that bands like Bon Jovi, who sounded incredible in the studio, phenomenal, and then they're just a hundred times better live. And it's mm -hmm. they're actually live. There's you know, um, I think that's pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's the one thing that drew me to the band was even in the early days, you could tell that there was something there. But just going through the years, I mean, they're just a great live band. I would put them up there like with Def Leppard too. Def Leppard's another great live band, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, was there anything else you wanted to say about Blood on Blood? I know I kind of talked your ear off. <laughs> no, no, nope. It's It was great. It was, I, loved, uh, I loved talking about this. I was a great – I loved the opportunity. It was This was fun. Yeah. Stay on for a second. I'm going to end the recording, but thank you for taking the time out of your busy morning to come on to do the podcast, especially before you start your work day. I appreciate Not it. Not a problem. Well, completely appreciate it. Thanks again. Yeah. All right, buddy.